This podcast episode is powered by Afropods, the world's number one podcasting platform for African stories. Hi, Sam. She's saying hi. Saying hi. Hi. How are you? How are you? I can't hear you, Sam. Are you good? Come, let's sing together. Jesus loves me. This I know for the <laughs> tells me so. Little ones to me home. <laughs> they are weak, but he. Strong, <laughs> yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, come on, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus. Loves me The Bible Tells Me So Yay (laughs) Good job Good job Sam (laughs) You have a good night Okay You too Too Welcome to the Candid Life Podcast, where we turn our broken hallelujahs into melody lines of impact. And I am your host, Lydia Gargo. Today, our topic, special with needs. I am a firm believer that all of us are special, that is, uniquely designed. But we all have needs, needs to be supported, protected, equipped, challenged, inspired, accepted, and love. We are all special with needs. To help us discuss and share invaluable experience and what I call nuggets of truth are a couple whose family I have come to love and respect over the years, Michelle and Scott Spivey. Welcome family. (laughs) How are you guys doing today? Very well. Good. Oh, great. Thank you so much for coming on The Candid Life. I have been looking forward to this time. But before we get into our discussion, do you want to go ahead and just introduce yourselves and your family to our listeners? Sure thing. I am Scott Spivey. Uh, Michelle and I began dating in our high school 11th grade year. Uh, this is 2022. Uh, it happens to be before we start. It is 321. For those of you who don't know, this is Down Syndrome Day. 321. Ah, 321. Try so many. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, this is very cool that we're doing this on such a day as this. That's really good. But uh, yeah, Michelle and I, we have been uh, together actually 25 years this month Mm. dating. Uh, We were married 23 of those. Thank you. In June, 23 years. Uh, we have two wonderful young men, Scotty, who is now 21, 
and Sam, who was 18, he'll be 19 this May. Mm. So we don't have kids anymore. We have adults. I've often been so fascinated with the fact that you guys met when you were still in high school, your high school sweethearts. How old were you when you got married? Oh, I was... Me or her? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was 21. And I was 19. Wow. You went for a younger man? Mm. Yeah, I went for the older one. Okay. (laughs) You know what? We're going to leave it at that discussion. Um, I think that's wonderful. God God definitely brought us together. For sure. Yes. For sure. Because there is just a little age difference, but we were in the same grade, so... Mm-hmm. I think it's really the mutual respect, right? The mutual respect for each other that's really yeah. kept your relationship going. Of course, you know, God being present in it. So yeah. that's Absolutely. wonderful. Now, I've often admired the bond between Scotty and Sam. I mean, when I first met Sam at church, I was just fascinated uh, with him. His sweet little south all curled up. I don't, still don't know how he does that cross his legs and elevate himself <laughs> out of the chair thing. But I was just really just touched by the relationship between Scotty and Sam and just the level of compassion that Scotty shows towards Sam as a, a, a younger brother. And I think it's definitely a beautiful thing. You've brought him up well. And I think that compassion has just spilled over to every part of his life. But tell us a little bit about Sam. You know, Sam is that special young man uh, who came into your lives. Just tell us a bit about his story. So Sam was born May 15th in 2003. Uh, I had an ultrasound done and they realized that something was um, different. Um, So I had gone back in for an amnio and that confirmed that he was in fact going to be Down syndrome. And we were perfectly fine with that. Um, The only thought I remember having honestly was that he would be made fun of in his life. And honestly, that was about, I think the only thing that bothered me about knowing that we were going to have a child with Down syndrome, but that couldn't be farther from the truth. He has been so accepted and everyone just adores him and he's kind of Mr. Popular. (laughs) Actually, he is a senior uh, this year uh, at Oxford High School, and he has come so far. We've just watched him do amazing things. He he knows a whole lot more than he mm-hmm. wants us to know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the boy, you know, he can talk, and he, you know, he kind of hides that from us, but... Um, it's starting to really show and come out at school. They've really worked hard with him and they're bringing that out in him. So that has been awesome to see. We get to see video of that, mm-hmm. um, but we also do see it at home from time to time when he wants to show us what he knows. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. You know, I, I was wondering though, you know, when Sam came home, when you found it about Sam and you know, here he was now, this beautiful bundle of joy, and he came home. How did your lives change? That's the first thing. 
And how did Sam coming into your lives enhance it? Any thoughts? Oh, my. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, it, he was spoiled. <laughs> he was held a lot. Um, he was just a little peanut. He was six weeks premature. He was not a small baby, so don't. Yeah. Don't let them look. How, how, how big was he? He was, what, six pounds, seven ounces? They actually told me, oh, boy, um, you're six weeks early. If you had gone full term with this child, he would have been a big boy. But as far as I think some of the things that change our lives, Mm -hmm. um, again, him being special, being premature, I think we were definitely on a heightened sense of awareness Mm -hmm. uh, because we did not know what to expect. Uh, Being that we were so young, the doctors told us, it was very unusual for such a young couple to have Down syndrome uh, child. It is a little more common in older couples. Uh, so for us being uh, so young at that time, I was only 23 uh, when he was born. Uh, so it was, it was very unusual, they said. So that kind of made us very scared, hesitant of the things that we would do. Not sure how it would affect him uh, as he grew up. But as, as Michelle said, he has just been a bundle of joy. And as as we introduced him to the public, having the public accept him just made it so much easier not to deal with any of his difficulties. He's had very few, actually. We've been very blessed for, uh, for the issues he has had. Uh, he's been very healthy. Uh, he's a happy, normal little boy for the most part. Uh, he is, for the most part, nonverbal. As Michelle said, he does speak when he wants to, certain words and phrases. Uh, some of his um, issues, he has Down syndrome, but he also has a level of autism. So that kind of counteracts uh, some of his personality, uh, which has had some of its own trials, we'll say, but more just in his learning capability, not in his personality at all. No, not at all. I think the autism has just hindered him a little bit, um, but, you know, he he's happy. He loves music. I think we really recognize that, especially with going to church. He just, he loves going to church and to worship and to listen to the music. And and everyone just gets such joy watching him worship. And uh, I think <laughs> everyone looks over at him worshiping. So that's, that's pretty cool to... To have that. That's great. Family, let's go ahead and take a quick break. If you are joining us, this is The Candid Life. I'm Lydia Gago, and I'm here with the Spiveys discussing the topic special with needs. Okay, let's let's carry on now. I mean, you've mentioned a little bit about the joys. Mm-hmm. What would you say was the biggest challenge for you? especially going out. You said people were accepting, but was it always like that? Or did you find that sometimes people would talk to you and not necessarily talk to Sam? I mean... No, honestly, it was um, more of the younger people who would look. And again, it's just because kids are not introduced or they're not around a special needs person for the most part. Mm -hmm. But honestly, adults really... Haven't been too bad. There's been a few stares. Okay. Um, but 
you know, scared people who would never say anything to our faces. So right, we don't right. worry about them anyways. <laughs> That's good enough. You know, honestly, I have to say, you know, when he was a baby and toddler and younger, um, I don't think, honestly, I don't think people really realized or mm-hmm. recognized. It wasn't until he was older. And then, then we kind of got some stairs as far as, cause he loves, he's he carries a puppy around and that's yes. his buddy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they kind of look at him and think, Hmm, okay. What's that about? Okay. But I welcome people asking us questions. I do love it. I have had people do that. I think people are afraid sometimes to ask because they're afraid they're going to offend us. And honestly, that is not offensive to us at all. I welcome people um, wanting to learn and know about him and ask questions. I love that. Mm -hmm. And I think, honestly, isn't that the most normal thing to do, really? (laughs) When you meet somebody for the first time, to actually, you know, want to inquire and get to know them. And I, I, I think that for me was the fascination when I met Sam for the first time. I'm in people's faces anyhow. I can't help it. <laughs> but, you know, he was initially a little reserved. But with time, I think just like anybody else, you know, you, you need time to get to know somebody, get to trust them. He got mm-hmm. a lot more comfortable, you know, around me and was able to express himself even more. And he adores you. <laughs> well, I adore him, great. too. He's in there. He's in there, yes. you know, he's definitely gravitated to you. And yeah. that's another thing that was very special, actually, because he did gravitate to you very quickly. And um, he doesn't really do that to mm-hmm. a lot of people. He, you know, I think is is careful. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not. I don't think he's very trusting of everybody. He doesn't really grab a connection with everybody necessarily. So that was very special, I think, to to see him really gravitate to you. Mm, yeah, that's good. But what's not to love? What's Lydia, not to love? Oh, my goodness. What's not to love? Listen, don't make my head swell. I'm on set. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I think just like with any relationship, you know, sometimes you do have an instant connection with somebody, right? And then there are times mm-hmm. that you just need a little bit of time to get to know that person. So that's a very normal reaction, I would say. How would you say, though, it, it's affected your, your marriage relationship? Like I said, there is no such thing as special. We are all people. There's a oneness there. And that has been the thing that I've really come to love and appreciate about your family. This is family. There is no this and that. There is us as a family. And so, you know, in any family, you have to make changes, right? You need to adapt to things to make sure that everybody who's part of the family feels welcome and is able to function. And that is what I've seen in your family interactions, which for me has truly been a blessing. So how have you navigated the dynamics with marriage and everything else, spending time together? Uh, No, I mean, to be honest, let's face it, we all have dysfunction in our families. I'll just say my my family is a split family. Mm-hmm. My mother was my father's third wife. So to say that there was a cohesive family unit in my upbringing, uh, that would be the furthest thing from the truth. And that honestly drove me uh, to desire a better relationship. 
Uh, my mom raised us in church growing up. My dad did not have anything to do with that. But then after meeting uh, Michelle, uh, spending time with my mom, that gentle nudging, just wondering, could we come back to church, just visit with her? And Michelle had been brought up in church as well. And I can't say it was really us that made the relationship what it was. Uh, we had quite a few good mentors along the way. And we decided early on in our dating relationship that we wanted something different, something better. And it was really through some instruction that we had gotten from a college and careers teacher at our church. And he gave us the illustration of a triangle with Christ at the top. If we, being the legs, were to break apart, we would always be able to come back together because he would hold us together. However, if we didn't have Christ as the center at the top and we broke apart, there'd be no coming back mm. and having that relationship. So, we, you know, we strove early on. We wanted something better for ourselves. Uh, so really bringing the children along was always just kind of part of our design, what we wanted in mm -hmm. a family. Uh, Sam being special with needs uh, didn't really change that uh, as far as our relationship. If anything, I would think it would made it stronger. The mm -hmm. fact that we had to rely more on each other for his needs to make sure that we didn't miss anything mm -hmm. um, really just made us more attentive. And, and a team, we became a team, a good team. It worked well together, and so it really strengthened our marriage, I believe, over the years. That's really good. I like the whole essence of team, seeing each other's needs and finding the best way of meeting those needs. And because of that, you are a stronger unit as a result of it. I love that picture. I noticed that you have a very clear routine for Sam. Just give us a little snapshot of what his routine would be and how have you over the years come to know what he needs, he likes, his dislikes, and how have you nurtured uh, that spirit of independence that he demonstrates? Um, well, uh, I kind of ran a, a tight ship, I feel. Uh, obviously, when he was an infant, I just had to take care of his needs. He, again, was he's nonverbal. So as a baby, he honestly didn't even cry. So he truly relied on me to take care of his needs. Um, and so I just created a, a pretty regimented routine for him. And I just followed that through his life. And as he grew, obviously his needs changed. And once I discovered what he uh, seemed to be really interested in and really enjoyed, then that's how I kind of created the routine. Music is big for him. He really isn't much of a TV watcher. He likes his movies to kind of unwind. He loved going to school and the routine with school. Folks, if you are joining us, this is the Candid Life podcast, and I'm Lydia Gago, and I'm here today with the Spiveys discussing the topic, Special with Needs. So just carrying on with our discussion, you mentioned earlier that Sam goes to the school in Oxford, and just a couple of months ago, 
we had this active shooter situation that really rocked Michigan. Uh, we've heard about active shooters in other parts of the states, but never thought at all that we would have a situation here in our own backyard. How did that whole thing play out for you? Because it was at Sam's school. And uh, just tell us a little bit about that day. Yeah, of course, like you said, uh, nobody thinks it's going to happen in their community, in their backyard. I was at work when the uh, phone call had come through, through uh, a dispatcher. One of the guys at work is an active firefighter in Metamora, and he actually approached me, asking me if I knew that there was an active shooter. Of course, I had not known. Uh, they weren't calling parents at that time. So my first reaction was to first call Michelle, and as most you know, stupid husbands do, I said, don't panic. So she panicked. <laughs> I told her simply to call the teacher. Uh, we have a direct access to his teacher, I said, call Liz and make sure they are okay. Then call me back. Uh, two seconds later, she's texting me saying, yes, they're fine, they're safe. Uh, it was uh, obviously a tragic day, tragic situation for everyone. Uh, for our kids specifically, most of them are not cognitively aware of what was going on. So we do feel a little relief that he does not experience or demonstrate any trauma. So our hearts can only go out to those families that do uh, have to deal with something like that. Uh, we're just blessed that we do not seem to be suffering with anything post-traumatic like that for Sam. Uh, however, the community has been strong. There's been a lot of outpouring, a lot of community events, a lot of people just talking about things that they typically would not. Good and bad, things of faith, things of family, community, team. Uh, so it, it has brought about a lot of good things. It's, it's hard to say that in the face of tragedy, but for strong individuals, for strong communities, uh, you need to come together and you need to build together to build that strong community again. Mm. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that and that perspective. Definitely very difficult. I think one of the things that you mentioned, uh, Michelle, was that, you know, Sam, of course, they rushed him out with his class and he forgot his puppy at school. And so that was something that he noted yes. when he came home because puppy wasn't with him. And so that was a clear indication that something was a little different for him. Yes, yes, because he carries him everywhere. And so what I did was, because he was uneasy, he did recognize that, oh, puppy's not here. And so what I did was, I happened to have another dog laying around the house that kind of looks like puppy resembles him. So I told him that it was uh, puppy's cousin. And you can hang on to him because puppy has a very important job to do and he is back in your classroom and he's protecting and watching over your classroom. Mm. So you just go ahead and take puppy's cousin for now until you can get, you know, until puppy's job is finished. That's good. And he was very, he was very satisfied with that. He seemed, he, he looked proud about that. <laughs> the puppy was doing a job. I, I think that's a yeah. wonderful way of actually connecting that for him. So in that respect, he didn't really feel that sense of loss or feel that he had lost Peppy, but 
Puppy's cousin stepped in and saved the day. Yeah. So I, I really yeah. love that. That was excellent. You know, Sam is graduating this year. Yes, he he's a senior. Big deal. So what are the next steps for him? He will actually be going to what they call the loft program, which continues through Oxford schools. And he will go there until he's 26 years old. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they will be working on life skills, uh, going out into the community more and trying to kind of figure out what it is that he could potentially do for a job, if that's something that he may be able to take on. Okay. I know this is going to be a little bit of a challenging question, but as parents, of course, you're a believer, so you trust God with every part of your life, with every decision that you make. What are some of the concerns that you have, which, of course, you pray through, um, on a daily basis with regards Sam as he continues to get older and you get older? Well, obviously what does happen to him when something happens to us, I feel that that, you know, he, I've always felt he is not a burden to us by any means, but it's a burden as far as what happens to him uh, when something happens to us. Mm-hmm. Scott, what are your so thoughts? I think the question is more, you know, do we have something in place? Yes. Uh, and, and again, having a strong team around us. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you mentioned, Scotty is so compassionate and so loving. Uh, we do have things in place that if something were to happen, uh, Scott would be set up and equipped to make those decisions on his behalf. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, you know, the friends, the community, other family members are in place. However, we do believe that the time is growing short for this world. We are hoping in our humanity <laughs> that for those of you who are listening who know anything about rapture, uh, we, we believe that we're closer now than we were yesterday. And it would just be wonderful if at some point, uh, even so come quickly, Lord Jesus, and we're all transfigured, <laughs> transformed. So we don't have to even discuss that question, right? We can all just get wrapped it up and move on. <laughs> Uh, but we are realists we do understand that you know this might not be the time Uh, so we we are prepared we have plans in in place for him that's good I think I mean what what I see in your family like I said I admire so much all the time is just making the most of today right building team loving on each other going on those vacations that you do just creating memories as many as you can and I think those things are the things that really stand the test of time Those are the things that you carry with you. And every time I've seen photographs of you guys together, I see that big beaming smile from Sam, a hundred watt smile. You know, he really just makes the photographs every time. But what advice would you give to parents who have family members who need that additional support in order to live life to the full? I think the theme of what we've been talking about is team. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the old adage is it takes a village to raise a person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's true. Uh, you have to have support, uh, whether it's from family members, whether it's from friends. Uh, if you can find that in a church community, but you, you have to have people. None of us can do this alone. Uh, we're strong for a time, but we all are going to need help at some point. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have those team members with you, 
uh, you're just setting yourself up for failure. So that, that's what I would say. It's it's about teamwork and family relationships, making sure that your ship is strong. Well said. Well said. Did you want to add something to that, Michelle? Or sh- he covered it. I think he did. He covered that pretty well. Um, you know, I think for myself, though, just having faith, leaning, leaning on God. Hmm. Most definitely. I'll take that. <laughs> the question that I ask all my um, guests who come on the show for you, what does it mean? To live the candid life. You have two sons, of course, and our theme is special with needs. Every one of us is special and we all have needs. And that has come through very clearly in our discussions. But as an individual, as a father, as a husband, what does it mean for you to live a life that is authentic? A life where you can look back and smile and say, you know what? I did the right thing. I lived to the full. Yeah, I think to live a candid life is again to live with purpose live with direction as a man Uh, you need to set your eyes your heart uh, towards your goals you have to know who your maker is you have to know what is expected of you and then you need to provide that Uh, as a man we were created for that purpose to protect to provide to be good heads of our households to help lead in a way that will you know, sustain the family unit. Thank you so much, Scott, for, for that answer. Uh, what about you, Michelle? What does it mean to live a candid life? Uh, that's a good question. Um, what it means to me is to take one day at a time, to be the best wife that I can be, the best mom, a strong helpmate, and put my faith and trust in God. That's great. Thank you so much, uh, the Spiveys, for coming to grace the Candid Life stage. Uh, family, if you'd like to connect with me, please email me at livethecandidlife at gmail.com. That's livethecandidlife at gmail.com. Follow me on Instagram at Lydia Gargle. Listen on the most popular podcast platforms, including AfriPods, which is spelled A-F-R-I-P-O-D-S, and subscribe and share with friends and family so that you can be inspired, challenged, and empowered to live differently. Until next time, remember your story matters because you matter. So live the candid life 24-7. God bless you. Inaindeshwa na Afripods. 